What is up, everyone? Welcome to the Cub Cooker Supernatural Podcast. Today we're going to talk about, is God an alien? And is there actual biblical evidence to back this up? I think the answers are going to surprise you today and maybe even take you down a rabbit hole of your own faith um, with an open mind, open heart that might just give you a brand new view of reality. My name is Jacob Cooker. My friends call me Cub and you should too. Each day on the Cub Cooker Supernatural live stream podcast, we explore faith, spirituality, and the world of the paranormal. Um, today we're going to be getting into a bunch of different Bible verses. Now, whether you are uh, Christian, Jewish, Muslim, agnostic, atheist, uh, whatever, it doesn't matter. This is going to be a great place to jump off. If you've never been to church in your life, great. If you have, great. Either way, this is going to be a hard message to stomach, but I promise you, if you stick with me to the end, uh, some really interesting things will be revealed here. Um, I am literally going to go back and forth between a bunch of different verses. I did a whole series on the Gnostic version of Yaldabaoth, um, which will really give you an idea. You can go back and watch that. It's on my YouTube channel, but it is getting a bit dated at this point. Um, I try to keep my content super fresh, uh, super up to date with my personal understanding and what's going on in the world. Uh, so make no mistakes. Um, what is happening in the world right now. Um, the train wreck that it is, uh, both literally and figuratively, is not an accident. This is all by design, I believe. Um, and this is what we're going to consider the um, negative alien agenda. And we're going to literally look at that negative alien agenda. It's right there in your Bibles. It's super easy to find. Unfortunately, we are all trained away from it. Um, and so I'm definitely going to get into that and I'm going to teach you and train you today how you can pick up your Bible or any other spiritual text and immediately and quickly decipher, is that God depicted in there? Is it a human type entity, uh, which could even venture into the extraterrestrial or is it, um, an entity that is actually a pure source, a pure wavelength of light and love? Um, in unity. And that's what we're going to look at today. Uh, Jim says, looks like you got some sun. Yeah, I sat out in the sun for a while today, but actually that's really just my skin. Every time I wear this green jacket, it, uh, it brightens up my skin uh, there. That probably looks a bit more toned down. I don't know why the green jacket brings out the red in my face, but um, so um, let's see. Interesting. Uh, Jim says that uh, people on TikTok are saying that Jesus Christ is the Antichrist. Um, well, that's an interesting thought. Um, here's here's the problem with all of that. If you actually look at the message of Jesus himself, you look at the message of Buddha, you look at the message of Krishna. The whole point is that we are Christ's. We are channeling the source energy from within us. So. Anything outside of that, I call belief system on or BS on because anything outside of that, any man coming on the clouds, um, even as depicted within the book of Revelation, to me is something that I don't see evidence of Jesus saying that himself. 
So to me, that idea is a plant. Uh, the writings of Paul personally. Now, there's a lot of other of my brother creators on here and sister creators that believe that, uh, you know, Paul's writings are a lot deeper and more esoteric if you know how to look through them. Uh, and that's great. But for me, I just see that they are used so heavily for a mechanism of control. Uh, Tatiana says, I agree with you. Thank you so much, my friend. Uh, Jim says, I'm with you, my brother. Um, and then Granddaddy says, that's an AI pick. Thank you, Granddaddy. Uh, Captain Obvious in the house today. Of course, it's an AI pick. Uh, I didn't get a real picture of an alien walking down the street on fire. Um, but, you know, uh, if you have one, great. I'd love to have one. Uh, the comments just, guys, come on. I mean, really? Um, so we're going to look at today extraterrestrial or spiritual source. Let's look at it today, guys. Yes, the veil is lifted. The veil is lifting. I think um, we are entering what we might consider disclosure era. I have uh, posted several videos today revealing some very, very deep truths. Uh, you guys always know my videos are posed in question format. I want people to question, ask things of themselves, of God, of this source, of universe, to dig deeper into who they authentically are and what they actually believe, not based on doctrine and dogma that someone else force fed them, whether they know it or not. It's all being regurgitated out of the same well um, of mythologies. And so uh, what we want to do as ascended beings, as higher consciousness collective, is we want to think for ourselves. And uh, the videos that I posted today are uh, certainly in the same tone that I always do with the posing a question, the what do you think mentality. Um, and I'll continue to do that because the last thing that I think I should do is show up here and try to tell people uh, this is this and that is that because that doesn't stick. What sticks is the burning question in your mind, in your heart of what is my God? What do I believe? Why in the Old Testament this? Why in the New Testament this? Why in my tradition this? Why in my tradition that? That is super, super important um, to deconstruct. And I want to also talk about deconstruction here. I'm a deconstructed Christian, uh, which means that I don't identify as a Christian anymore. That doesn't mean that I don't love God. That doesn't mean that I don't follow Jesus. I am definitely a devotee in the yogic sense of Jesus. Um, and that is okay. And that is important for my faith personally. Um, now with that comes the fact that I've deconstructed. It means I've taken things apart piece by piece and I've gone through my whole life, my whole adult life and, and asked why, what, where, when, how, and when the answers weren't given to me in a satisfactory manner by the powers that be within these traditions, uh, within the churchiosity, the religiosity, or I was just told, well, that's just God, you know, deal with it. No, 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 no. Um, I don't buy that. I can't buy that. Um, I was created to ask questions. God does not make mistakes, and he didn't make one in me by someone who wants to go, hey, God, why are you a really, really egotistical alien entity in a bunch of books and then in a few places that I'm told are heretical or I'm told are new age or I'm told are mysticism, uh, why are you represented by this all-encompassing, all-powerful, all-emanating um, 
source that is literally the substrate of reality as well as the consciousness, the energy, the light, the truth, the love of reality. Boom. Why? Yeah. Wow. Absolutely. First, last. Uh, put some more O's in there because that's what we need here is the wow factor. Um, the church was not created for those questions. Tatiana says, absolutely not. And that's what we're here to do is regain ground as a collective of people who actually believe, who actually have faith, who actually believe that they can go out, bring light into the world, bear that light in the world and make it a better place. And so what I'm going to ask here as I pop my neck, um, because, you know, every time I sit down and do this, we got ET God and spiritual source or father. And I'm going to read off some ET God traits and I'm going to read off some spiritual source and father traits. Now, when I say father, I mean father, mother, child. I'm talking about the Trinity view, um, not what you see within the Christian church today, not the Trinity view of father, son, Holy Spirit. Which is, by the way, you know, you got everybody arguing for equality, but we still let people impose systems on us that are largely patriarchal and leave zero room, ladies, for the divine feminine, uh, which is one of the most powerful energies in the universe, by the way. And combining the divine masculine and the divine feminine, this is not a gender identity thing at all. This is a spiritual um, classification of energies. When you unite them in self, you have um, divine feminine, divine masculine. You unite them. You become the child of the divine. You become the Christ yourself. That is what the alchemic traditions are about. That is what the mystery schools are about. That's what the mysticism is about. That's what Gnosticism is about. Um, that's what the other side of the coin is that they don't want you to know. And by they... I'm not talking about that everyone is in on this and everyone's against you. I'm just saying the very construct was built from the very beginning by this God that we're going to be talking about. And we've got him on our money and God we trust. What God are we trusting in? And it's real easy, especially within the evangelical tradition that I was raised in, to go, well, Satan's in charge. Satan's in charge of everything. He's, you know, he's on the money and everything and blah, blah, blah. And, and they put it everywhere. And, and to me, that's just conspiracy stuff, guys. To me, the authentic reality is like when you realize that God is Satan and you've been worshiping Satan all along, even when you're praying, when you're begging and you're reaching out in your prayers, oh, God, oh, God, please, there's no power in that. You're praying to a deity that, by all intents and purposes, needed a ship, needed technology, needed control, needed to give a law which he didn't hold himself, needed to control people through judgment, and needed people to literally feed him with sacrifices. So can I just get an amen for that? Like, I mean, let's just think about that. Uh, you know, what does that even mean? Uh, for all of us, and we're going to block this person, so I hate doing that, but uh, bye-bye, Mr. Wow, sorry, um, you know, we got Agent Smiths in here today, so um, let's see, Jordan says, you are sick, you need God, I will pray for you, thank you, Jordan, I appreciate that, my friend, um, you know, do me a favor, though, don't pray to this God that we're going to talk about today, uh, but maybe pray to the source that we're going to talk about, um, and before you pass judgment on what I need, Stick around till the end, and I can almost guarantee you, if you have an open heart and an open mind, 
that this will transform your life in a very positive way. So check it out. What's up, Kathy? Thank you for being here. Amen. Kathy says, uh, what is this about God being Satan? I've often thought that, but um, it's blasphemy. It's not blasphemy at all, man. Uh, Ninja asks, uh, you know, here's the deal. If you've thought that, give it a minute. Think about it. God can take it, right? I mean, he can take you asking, hey, are you actually Satan? Hey, are you actually uh, not God? Hey, are you actually a uh, extraterrestrial entity? Uh, what's going on here? Because w- what Jesus spoke of, what Buddha spoke of, and who Krishna was and spoke of, if you actually read the Bhagavad Gita, was the spiritual source father energy, uh, father and mother energy, really. Um, why do we have gender roles for God? Why does he need to judge? Why does he need to flood the earth, by the way? Uh, why would he entrap Adam and Eve in a Garden of Eden? By the way, that Garden of Eden, if you're following along, and I'm going to put this in the uh, Inky and Enlil Anunnaki series, um, they're trapped in this essentially breeding farm that is keeping them uh, from ascending. And you've got Inky that comes in and says, or NK, excuse me, uh, that comes in and says, no, 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 uh, that's not what we made these for. You know, they're supposed to be like our children. They're supposed to be divine. Um, and it was a whole different shift, guys. And, and then you think about the serpent, the serpent on the tree, the genetics. Also, the serpent is an esoteric representation of a shining one. That's what, whenever you see serpent within the Bible, replace that with shining one. Try to understand the esoteric knowledge around that. Uh, this is an entity that is that is literally coming in light. Uh, that's where Jesus is tied to the Lucifer character that we get from the Latin Vulgate. Uh, the Latin Lucifer, uh, morning star, is it's actually depicted um, in the Greek. If you go look at um, Jesus being that morning star, he's rising. Uh, he's bringing a new day. Um, and there's a lot of different theories on that, guys, but... I'm fairly convinced at this point that Jesus is that Lucifer character. He is the light bearer against God. Um, And by the way, I put God in quotations because God is great old dragon. Uh, Think about that. Think about that for a minute. Think about what God is. Um, But if you actually think about what source is, that's who Jesus was speaking of. It's this entity that is in spirit and Ruach and in truth, and in light, all of these things that Jesus spoke of, we have so many context clues, and we can think for ourselves, and we can decode this message for those with eyes to see and ears to hear. We actually can look at who the authentic creator of all the energetic universe is, and then we can look at what these other entities did with that. Just like I can take anything in this physical world, use it for good or evil, you can do the same thing too. And that's what we're seeing in the Old Testament with this God uh thank you for taking the flack absolutely pj what's up man um let's see uh love your content pj says i appreciate you my friend tatiana says the creator absolutely uh donna says satan is the author of confusion there's only one god the heavenly father he created everyone absolutely donna but where do you get that from most likely that's operating out of doctrinal dogma uh but you're not that far off because, yes, there is a heavenly father, um, and that's who Jesus was speaking of. But that doesn't necessarily mean that that heavenly father is the one that claimed to be the most high within the Old Testament. 
uh, because we're going to look at that today. And I promise you what I'm going to give you today will give you such such an opportunity to deconstruct and such an opportunity to reconstruct uh, your understanding. So uh, let's see. There are no aliens. That is us. Absolutely. Uh, I totally, totally vibe with that. Like even extraterrestrial entities uh, within another dimensional plane that can travel back and forth. Uh, to me, like they're us in the future. Uh, they're at least our like forefathers, if you will. Um, you know, we don't know. So, uh, our father who art in heaven, absolutely. Uh, our earthly ego, ego and self is Satan, uh, and the true beings we are, uh, after sacrificing self is God. Absolutely. Um, so demolition boy says, what is this? So, Hey, we're talking about is God an alien? Um, and, and honestly, I'm going to share some verses that will make you go, maybe he is, because maybe he needing to be a he and needing to have all this control and needing to have all of these things and needing to break the law that he gave anyway, maybe he is an alien that was worshipped because of his technology and power and his ego. And maybe there is a spiritual truth and source uh, that, that people like Jesus and Buddha and the Ascended Masters spoke of and tapped into and realized that they were that very source or they were at least, at the very least, a channeler of that spiritual energy within them. And so, boom, that's where we're going to get into today. Extraterrestrial God. Here are some characteristics and some just concepts from the Bible that jump out at me as extraterrestrial paranormal activity type stuff. So Ezekiel's wheel inside the wheel. Jacob's ladder, which is which has a spiritual element to it, as well as more of the mechanical um, element as well, because we remember he was uh, wrestling with an angel of Yahweh. Uh, once he conquered that angel, which was obviously a fleshly angel um, or extraterrestrial, his third eye is open and he sees the angels going up and down on the ladder, which is another allegory for the genetics. Uh, being upgraded once you conquer that angel of Yahweh right then you are able to ascend and see the angels going up and down your third eye is open and he was on the mount when he said I will call this place pineal uh, which is just like the pineal gland um, it's all connected guys it's all connected uh, isn't Buddha by all intents and purposes um, I wouldn't say he is or not uh, I'm not sure why you would say that Apple user um, I mean, that's an interesting question, um, but I mean, I guess you could probably say that about anybody within any faith tradition uh, that is focused on that cultural uh, appropriation of that entity or that belief system. So with that said, I mean, I'm not really sure. I, I don't know that that's the point of what we're talking about today. Um, and I And I don't see anything in the teachings of Buddha that I would say are uh, against any culture whatsoever or Jesus for that matter. Uh, the only thing Jesus was speaking out against was the way they were like who they were worshiping. Um, he was just saying, you know, you're doing the acts of Satan, which is your father. And, uh, he knew who they were worshiping, you know? Um, and so we're going to get into that. So, um, let's see. Apple user says, no, you're right. I was just thinking, Hey, no worries at all. Good. I, I like thinking here. So, uh, Apple user says, sorry, I got him confused with the person whose name I can't remember. Sorry, my bad. 
uh, no worries at all. No worries at all. And that's, we, we've got to understand too, you know, before I get into this text, even as we look at the Sumerian tablets, they are, uh, you've got the Sumerian version, the Babylonian version, the Mesopotamian version. You've got a bunch of different versions of these mythologies. Every one of those mythologies, by the way, they make the God of their culture, the most high God. And so just because it says the most high does not mean like we, we got to understand you know, if I'm writing something about my friends and family, they're going to be like the best friends and family on the earth, right? Uh, I mean, ideally, um, you know, otherwise you need to get better friends and family, right? Um, so with that said, uh, Gandhi uh, is who I was thinking of. Sorry, Apple user says, I don't know a lot about Gandhi, by the way. I definitely need to study on him. So honestly, I like know what he looks like. And beyond that, I have studied zero about Gandhi. So um, you, you, yeah, you, you could be right. You could be, uh, wrong. I don't know. Um, wish I could tell you, sorry. Uh, you guys, you catch me off guard. I love the questions that you have. You challenge me because now I'll get to go look up about Gandhi after this and go, okay, who really was he? What did he believe? What did he teach? Uh, cause that's just something I don't have experience with. So, but thank you very much. Hey, you know what? You're here to sidetrack me. That's why we're here as a community. Don't you worry about that at all. You guys always ask questions. Don't ever feel like you can't ask me a relevant question here because the conversation is why I do this live. You hear other podcasts and they just sit there and talk through it. I'm here to actually answer your questions and actually try to be a community here. So one of the few podcasters out there doing this. So thank you for listening. I appreciate you guys. Uh, we are history, the here and now. Absolutely. Absolutely, JoJo. Um, so... Let's get into this here. Um, Jay Hunter says, do you believe in aliens? Absolutely. Uh, and that's what we're talking about today. Um, the Sumerian tablets, the Anunnaki mythologies um, of Inki and Enlil. Enlil is the one that manipulated the hominid on this planet genetically uh, to create a slave race. And I don't mean one people. I'm talking about everyone that was on the planet at the time. Um, that's how he formed this construct he even talked about how his cities and the uh essentially the construct the financial the control system the powers and principalities that he would found would last for all time uh so very 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 interesting um let's see da, 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 da. other questions um Okay, yeah, y'all, y'all are talking. That's fine. Yeah, you yeah, distracted with uh, conversations here. So, um, so that's that's where I'm talking about like the whole alien god thing here because we're literally going to see some of uh, Enlil's qualities within the Yahweh character in the Old Testament. So, um, so Nicole asks, where does Yahuwah God play into all of this? So Yahuwah, um, for all intents and purposes, my friend, I've been into the Hebrew roots thing. Um, I've been into the whole like names of God thing and what I'm here to teach today and really help reveal to everyone, including myself, is that context clues are king and the doctrine will always lead you in a biased direction. And I just, I'm, I just have to say that, uh, because I've got a sefer, I've got all of that. Um, I was starting to understand like all of those names, but then I, I look at the character of, of who it's talking about and that's where that's where I had questions, and it doesn't matter what you call it. Like you put lipstick on a pig, it's still a pig, right? Um, and so again, and I mean that out of all respect, like because there's people here 
that are practicing certain traditions and that's fine i don't have an issue with that the only thing i want to help you do is ask better questions those better questions are going to lead you to a point to a decision that you have to make on do i deconstruct and then reconstruct and if what i believed is true and if it has foundation and if it's um you know fruitful for my life then it will stand and i can deconstruct it and reconstruct it back up so um that is basically how i'm approaching this so just know that this is in love and light we're open to all cultures faiths races traditions orientations don't care who you're married to where you do or don't go to church what your color your skin is what your tradition is we love you here and this is just a free thinking open-minded community so please keep that in mind um let's see blonde says that's exactly what i'm doing yeah keep an open mind that's that's what you can always do open mind open heart that will lead us into the best places so um extraterrestrial god you got jacob's ladder ezekiel's wheel inside a wheel obviously a flying saucer right i mean come on uh parting of the red sea now we know the red sea was parted by this pillar of smoke by day pillar of fire by night we've we we have people that have seen these even in the modern times um now i will say that back in those times there was no technology on the planet these entities could freely interact with people that didn't know any better okay um now when we see them today and you capture them with your iphone and these things don't want to be called out like that they don't want to be like you know on the center stage from the from what i've seen historically now you got way back in the day cradle of civilization where people worshipped them they came down they delivered things like the the law of morality for people so that people would continue the genome would continue uh, so that they could continue to receive the offerings and sacrifices that they needed why does god need a sacrifice by the way why would he have to sacrifice his only son jesus for us why are we so bad if we're really loved and we're really pure beings and he really like why would he have to do that and i understand the whole theology guys i've gone to schools of theology um i've gone through private uh theological training i've mentored under some of the best theologians in the world um i'm telling you guys i understand the whole sin thing but you got to look at what sin really is the origin of the word and what it actually comes from we'll talk about that in a whole nother video um but with that said the et god you got given the ten commandments in fire and smoke parting of the red sea that like miracle that technological miracle to use a sonic device to move water out of the way and allow people to pass freely through it i mean come on it's all there you've got the ark of the covenant the ark of the covenant was clearly a mechanical device that had a resonant quality in it some sort of technology that when they were able to blow all the trumpets march around jericho this thing resonated go read the verse you hear the resonance where it's it's resonating and helping bring down the wall. Um, it, it's so obvious. It would go in through people's nostrils and mouth to unalive them if they touched it or got too close to it. So I'm like, okay, that's an obvious thing there, guys. What's up, Angel Appleseed? How are you doing? I appreciate you, my friend. Uh, let's see. Uh, da, 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 da. Tony says, God did not send his son for you. Well, maybe he sent it for everyone else, but um, but maybe not for me. I don't know. Um, and, and see, I think Jesus was a volunteer, by the way. 
Uh, I'm a volunteer. We got a lot of people in here that are volunteers. Uh, light workers, star seeds, indigos that are here to raise the consciousness of humanity. Jesus was the ultimate one, in my opinion. Buddha. You've got Krishna, the mythologies around Krishna, like he literally is the Brahman. Jesus literally is the source of God on the earth. Like, um, it's crazy when we think about it, but then Jesus is saying, like, you'll do greater things than even I have done. I did not come uh, to call the righteous, but sinners to repentance and to call you sons and daughters of the Most High. Um, it's it's all there, guys. It's all there. What's up, Substance? How are you doing? Um, Mona says, not all humans are hybrids. Yeah, and I'm sure that's true. I just, I don't know, and I don't get into that. I do think that all humans have the opportunity to ascend. I think that that's very, very clear um, that we all have a calling and an opportunity to ascend. Um, and so, yeah, uh, you, your, po uh, your poppy, great name, says, what is a reptilian? So there's like reptilians, Arturians, uh, Palladians. There's a ton of different classifications. And there's a lot of mythologies on the different wars between the extraterrestrial uh, factions that are going on and the fact that there's a galactic federation that formed around managing the resources um, of our planet, of our planet, uh, galactic federation managing the resources of our planet, I will, of our planet, uh, galactic federation managing the resources of our planet. I will re-say that because we lost connection there. Um, and so the, you know, whether you take those literally or uh, metaphysically or myth mythologically or whatever, I don't care. Um, but I think that the story is all there and we've got to understand that story to understand who we are. Um, and so when we get into this extraterrestrial God, you got Moses have had to give the sacrifices. Um, then you have Abraham's sacrifice consumed by the orbs. Think about that. Like when Abraham made the sacrifice and the orbs consumed it, um, it, you know, it's like the, he had to split them and then they, it says one was like a smoking fire pot. The other was like a lit lamp floating between it. I mean, what does that sound like guys? Like we see them in the sky. Farmers have seen them. They see them out in Utah all the time. Um, you know, the, the whole angels thing, like we just don't understand the difference between the spiritual realm and the metaphysical realm. Um, and the ability for entities that are even just us that are more evolved or e actual extraterrestrials and the fact that those are by all intents and purposes what we hear about in the Bible as angels or messengers of God. Um, great question, Sheila. So who made God? Well, that is a relevant question if you think of God as being a person. Um, something like this or a bearded man on a cloud or whatever. We have such a small vision of what God is. And the Bhagavad Gita has one of the best descriptions of the Brahman source um, of creation, the literal light energy that runs through everything. Even Krishna talks about uh, to view that source energy um, as the, as what is coming from the sun, coming from a candle, coming from a campfire, uh, it is the literal energy that even comes through every entity on the planet, the electromagnetic and visible and invisible light spectrums that emanate from all things as energetic projections of the divine mind. The fact that we are all God together, that, so if you think about that, who created God, ask a better question, 
who created all of us? How did we even end up with consciousness? How do we end up here? We want a mythology so bad to say that a bearded man took us and made us out of clay and poof, there we are. When we, we don't even, we can't even fathom what the big bang was like when God became conscious, but he was always conscious. He was always there. He was always within a reality, maybe a whole nother reality. Maybe there's been an entire multiverse that's played out already. Maybe there's infinite multiverses that have played out already in absolute infinity and unity in a way that we can't even fathom that we are such a small part of a computer program that we don't even realize that we are just the tiny little cells within that computer program and we think we're all there is um and what an egotistical thing to think rather than you know i get so much flack for people thinking that like oh you're new age and you're mystic and you're gnostic and you're blah 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 and you're heretical and that's blasphemy and everything why is it blasphemy to just call it like it is? You make up your mind on who you want to follow. I don't care. I'm not here to tell you who to follow, who not to follow. But I'm here to tell you this Old Testament God, a lot of these other gods that we, that we follow in a lot of different traditions have extraterrestrial characteristics. And what I'm more interested in is the other side of that coin, the mystic, the esoteric side of what is that source energy who are we actually serving through that source energy? Uh, question, where did material for the Big Bang come from? Great question. Um, can energy create matter and matter create energy? We know that matter can create energy, right? We've been seeking ever since we had modern sciences on how to create matter out of energy, how to materialize matter out of nothing, out of thought waveforms, out of program waveforms, and out of energetic waveforms to actually create something. We're continuing to look into that. The answers, I believe, are within the quantum realms as we continue with that. Now, I am not a physicist. I'm a metaphysicist, by the way, which metaphysics means something that doesn't exist uh, uh, or can't be proven whatsoever. So, um, you know, take that with a grain of salt. But, yeah, exactly. Beam me up, Scotty. So think about taking apart matter and then reconstructing that matter. But think about the paradigm there of that person, if you consider life in the flesh, that person literally has to be unalived and then reincarnated in that copy of that person when you beam me up, Scotty. Like, that's a mind trip right there. That's something that I don't want to think about too long because, wow. Um, but, but, you know, of course, we keep pushing more and more towards um, infinity and beyond with our sciences. And I think it's amazing but at the same time, we have to understand that we're not doing anything new here, okay? Like, our gods tens of thousands of years ago, literally millennium, millenniums ago, um, are, you know, so far beyond us at this point. And they were back then, too. They were coming down in fire and smoke. They were able to part the ocean, the Red Sea. Uh, they were able to consume sacrifices. Enoch was taken up and shown the mysteries of the heavens. Um, they required sacrifices, um, and then they also required certain, uh, lineages. And that's why, why are we all hung up on like our lineages and, you know, all of our, uh, you know, identities and stuff. And like, to me, we're one people cause we're all God. We're all one consciousness. When we actually realize that we're going to transcend all the differences on the planet. And that's what I'm here, uh, in love and light 
to share and just to love into it with authenticity. Like it literally has nothing. I don't care what my genetics are or whatever. There's a lot of people online. They're like, Oh, I have this blood type and all this stuff. And I just don't care. Honestly, like, I think it's cool. I come from like a largely Germanic background, like lots of Druid type stuff, uh, lots of mysticism. Um, and that's cool. But I don't think for a second that that has programmed the fact that I can tap into a divine mind and a universal consciousness. Cause to me, that's God coming through me that I'm just channeling it. I'm just a sensitive instrument to let this message come through. So, uh, has humanity evolved to higher forms at this point? Yeah, we've absolutely evolved, I think. Um, but again, we got a long way to go, right? Um, I mean, just the things we're dealing with right now, the fact that we still have a paradigm of negative control on our planet, uh, which I don't think, you know, you just turn on the news today, you can go see everything that's going on and ask yourself why you got the, the whole thing with the trains today, but there was a movie made a year ago, I think it's called White Noise, where the same events played out with the chemicals in it and the black clouds, and then we see that on TikTok today, we see that all over the news, like, what's going on, guys? Like, why is such a negative agenda of control on our planet? And we've got a long way to go until we actually ascend into a like a real 5D Earth. And there's a lot of us that are already living there. Like we see it, we know it's here, we can taste it. Uh, we know there's unity, yet you still have this construct that just continues uh, to keep us pitted against each other uh, based on our, our faith traditions, our religions, our races, our identities our belief systems. I mean, look at even within just the base Christian church here in the West, nobody can agree. Millions of people claim to have the Holy Spirit, but nobody agrees. Tell me that's God, because I can, I can tell you right now it's not. There's no way that that's God. Uh, Divergence says, I don't want to be in fear. I choose the light and faith. Amen, my friend. That's exactly what, that was my prayer meditation this morning. I was like, I'm done being in fear. I'm done. I can't, I'm not going to do it because there's no fruit in that. And I don't work to receive the fruit. I don't work just to get, you know, the stuff. I do this work out of an authentic love because I want to see the consciousness raised. I want to see humanity ascend. I want to see a better world for if I ever have children for them to grow up in. And I think it's possible. What's up, Tyler? How are you, my friend? Welcome. Um, finally getting some mythos members in here today, uh, been on for a little while, but a little bit different time today. Um, if you guys love what I'm doing and you're just vibing with this message, please go check out the mythos patron supporter membership. It's one of the coolest patron supporter groups online in my opinion. Um, and in the opinion of a lot of people that are in it. So, uh, we get a live call every Saturday. We've got a private YouTube channel over there, private Facebook group, all kinds of cool stuff for only nine bucks a month makes a huge difference to what I'm doing here. Um, and then if you really love what I'm doing and you're like, I got to get inside this guy's head. I, I want him to teach me. I want him to take me to the next level. Go check out Charisma Light Warrior Academy. I just launched it. It's our brand new academy. Uh, there's over 70 videos in it so far and more coming. Um, it's fantastic. Literally, I'm adding videos every week to that right now. And then they'll be on a regularly scheduled monthly basis. It's only 29 bucks a month. And if you get in right now, before I change it, uh, you can actually get mythos for free. I'll put you in the mythos group for free. Um, once I get a certain number of people in both groups, I'm going to keep them separate. 
um, and you will have to join either one uh, or, or both of them. You can join both, but uh, for now you get both for free. If you or you get both, if you join Charisma, you get Mythos for free. Excuse me. I need to be better on my marketing here, guys. So anyway, if you have questions about that, please DM me or leave a comment. Um, or better yet, just hit up my website at www.cubcooker.com. And uh, it'll give you all the infos right there. You can't miss them. So, And be sure and subscribe to the audio version of the podcast while you're there so you can listen in the car or on a road trip with your friends and family. Maybe uh, expose this message to people who haven't heard it yet. So um, so anyway, that's the uh, the ET guide. Thank you guys for letting me market a little bit here. I appreciate it. That's how I continue to, to do this. I do this full time, all day, every day. And you guys that support me are the reason why. So thank you, thank you, thank you. I greatly appreciate you from the bottom of my heart. Thank you for that. So, um, so that's kind of the ET guide, all of those things on that side. Now I want to talk about the spiritual source father. <clears throat> Cleanse my palate there. Uh, the site your poppy asks, www.cubcookercubkker.com. And that's going to send you over to my stand store. So it'll forward you to stand.store slash cubcooker. Um, so with that said, we're going to get into the spiritual source father description here. So here are, again, context clues as you guys just read through your Bibles or your spiritual text. Context clues. You've got the new covenant. Covenant. You've got God most high. Um, and again, not every time a God says, I am the most high, do we, do we understand that? But you can look at the characteristics of that God or that entity or that energy and go, yes, this is the one I want to yoke with. I want to follow. You got spirit and truth. Christ talks about that a lot. You got Christ, just the idea of the Christ, us all as the Christ. You have the mind of Christ, that consciousness together, or Christ consciousness, the body of Christ, that's all of us. The transfiguration. Um, the transfiguration can easily, I think, go in the extraterrestrial faction as well. And here's why. Because I believe that Jesus was not just like God incarnate as we religiously view it, but I believe he was actually from a divine or an ascended family um, of extraterrestrial entities, maybe even from the Galactic Federation itself as an incarnation of the spirit and truth of who humanity actually is with God within them. Um, and that he incarnated on this earth with that mission. So that's, that's how I view it, um, that it can be both. Now, for the purposes of this, I want you to just really, as you read your text, look at the characteristics. Just because it's a little extraterrestrial doesn't mean it's not, you know, in the light. But there's a lot of the God stuff that's heavily extraterrestrial and very egotistical, almost like your, you know, alcoholic uncle more than a God that you actually want to serve uh, and be yoked with for all eternity, right? Uh, Spirit-filled believer says, I believe that is true. Absolutely. Thank you, my friend. Uh, Charlie says, a good viewpoint. Thank you very much. Uh, Spirit-filled believer says, do I ever have guests? Yeah, I do a lot of collaborations. I've been, uh, I did a collaboration through Christmas and early part of the year with uh, Joshua of Sons of God Ministries. Um, I've collaborated with Bob Peck and Truthseeker. 
uh, did several collabs with Truth Seeker, um, and I'm looking to do more. But February is a really weird time, and I've been building my course and everything too. So I really want to get a lot of that stuff solidified, and then hopefully in March, after my birthday, which is mid March, we're going to start throwing down on more collaborations a whole lot more. So. Uh, yeah, and I do them on TikTok too. That's one of the things on my collaborations is you've got to have a TikTok following and you've got to have a regularly posted podcast from those lives. Uh, very similar to what I'm doing. Uh, just because it works better uh, for everybody to distribute them and actually do a true collaboration rather than having to do Zoom and all that stuff. Anyway, that's a weird back-end thing that I do. But um, back-end thing, uh, meaning behind-the-scenes type thing. Um, so also the Melchizedek priesthood. Okay. There's a very, very poignant clue that Jesus was quite literally, um, a magician, a sorcerer, uh, a practicer of esoteric magic on our earth. Um, even as he was a star seed. This gets deep, guys, because immediately you're going to go in your head to the verse where it's like, no, but the sorcerer, if a sorcerer is found among you, you don't understand what God would do to them. Like, you, yeah, that's exactly why I say that, because the punishment that God in the Old Testament had for sorcerers was the exact punishment, uh, nearly exact, of what Jesus took. Uh, going to the cross, a spear in the side, the lashes that he took, like literally the disgrace that was put upon him. Like everything that you see within the Old Testament judgment of sorcerers, Jesus took that punishment. Uh, why is that? Hmm. I don't know. Maybe because he was one. And maybe sorcery is not what we've been told in television and movies or what we've been told by the church. But it's actually wielding the source within you. Uh, Yeshua was an ascended master. Absolutely. Absolutely. Like he got it. He taught it, he believed it, he wielded it well, and he gave it to us and told us to go out and be him. And what have we done? We created a lot of religious traditions and a lot of closed-mindedness and a lot of doctrine and dogma and arguing, um, and and that's where we are. So the least of them says, no way, that was not the punishment of sorcerers. Well, the least of them, uh, that's fine. Yes, I've read it. I have it here on my document. Uh, you can go check it out. You can also look into the tradition within that time. Look into the other lost documents to understand what I'm talking about. Um, and look into the Gnostic uh, teachings to um, to try and understand that a little bit better. So, um, so with that said, I want to get back into this. And I'm going to read some things that are going to directly show that this Yahweh character is not the father that Jesus was speaking of. So Jeremiah 32 26 through 27 then came the word of Yahweh to Jeremiah saying behold I am Yahweh the God of all flesh is there anything too hard for me pretty egotistical there as we see um, and then we've got John 4 23 through 24 but an hour is coming and now is when the father uh, or when the true worshipers will worship the father in spirit and in truth for such people the father seeks to be his worshipers God is spirit and those who must worship him, who worship him, must worship in spirit and in truth. Then in John 3, um, it says, da, 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 Jesus answered, Most certainly, I tell you, unless one is born of water and spirit, 
he can't enter into God's kingdom. That which is born of the flesh is flesh, and that which is born of the spirit is spirit. So, very, very interesting uh, here. So, we've got um, the God in Jeremiah saying that I am a God of all flesh. Is anything too hard for me? Very egotistical. And he's saying he's the God of flesh. Then you got Jesus literally saying, My Father is in spirit and in truth. You must worship him in spirit and in truth. That which is born of the flesh is flesh, and that which is born of the spirit is spirit. And he's directly, I believe, again, you can take this and read it however you want, but I believe he's talking directly about that verse where uh, he's reminding the reader and the person at the time that he's speaking with, uh, or the people he's speaking with, that, hey, uh, my father's in spirit. And this entity that you've been worshiping, that's in flesh. Whatever's born of the flesh is flesh. I mean, come on. Whatever's born of the spirit is spirit. So, uh, plus burning at the stake was used. The church brought to kill uh, witches and sorcerers to differ. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Yeah, and that's what I'm talking about. Whoever that was, the least of them was asking. Um, yeah, like go look up the Roman punishments for that. So, um, and and it's not just the like go look up the judgment of Yahweh on sorcerers, and then also look up the Roman tradition for how they would punish them. Um, and you're going to see a very stark similarity. You guys, uh, what I'm giving you here is I'm going to give you the verses back and forth, but you have to read into them, okay? Like you have to have eyes to see and ears to hear. None of this is laid out for you. I mean, to me, it's obvious, but to those who are uninitiated into this, who have not said, I don't care, I don't care about what, where I've been, I just care about where I'm going, I don't care if it's uncomfortable and I have to deconstruct everything. I want to know truth. I want to understand who God actually is. Even if that disrupts what I thought was the authentic reality, I want the authentic reality. So uh, spirit filled says so true. Absolutely. Thank you. Uh, Sheila says, have a good afternoon. Thank you very much, Sheila. I appreciate you being here, my friend. So, um, so with that said, we're going to get into more. You guys are going to see more of this crazy stuff here. Uh, first Kings eight twelve. then Solomon said, Yahweh has said that he would dwell in thick darkness. What you guys even remember these? Like, I don't remember these in Sunday school, but they're there. You can go look them up. I just gave you the verse, uh, world English Bible. First John one five says, this is the message which we have heard from him and announced to you that God is light and in him is no darkness at all. But wait a minute, I thought Yahweh dwelled in thick darkness. Um, and I don't have it here, but he later goes on uh, to say that he will bring forth blessings from dark places. Uh, I don't want my blessings from dark places, guys. I want them from the light. Let's. Uh, I've done my fair share of trying to bring forth my blessings from dark places. I've been in dark places. Uh, I've had dark thoughts. I've had dark um, emotions and actions and belief systems. Uh, even when I thought I was trying to be good, you know, like it, I'm telling you guys, you don't want your blessings from dark places and you don't want your God to dwell in dark places either. Um, so, yeah, I, I, again, there's just a huge dichotomy between those two there. So um, then we get down here into um, Exodus 12, 23, one of the most famous verses here, especially that atheists use. 
Um, and I'm, I'm kind of right there with him because this is a big, you know, really moment for uh, really a loving God did this uh, for Yahweh will pass through and strike the Egyptians. And when he sees the blood on the lintel uh, and on the two doorposts, Yahweh will pass over the door and will not allow the destroyer to come into your houses to strike you. Um, and then you've got Corinthians says, um, and do not complain as some of them did and were killed by the destroying angel. Um, and I put Corinthians there because, um, the letters to those churches again are, I see it as context clues that all the Roman documents within the new Testament um, are doing a really good job trying to remind people that, hey, Jesus is the son of Yahweh. Don't don't worry about it. Like, all of this stuff is fine. Uh, pay no attention to the man behind the curtain kind of thing. Um, and so just think about that and look through things like Corinthians, any of the, like, the Pauline letters, um, you know, anything that Paul wrote. I have huge questions about, guys. And y you probably want to ask me, well, so what of the Bible do you believe? Well, the red letters. I mean, I believe it all. I believe it's all, I believe it was all said. I believe it was all believed, but I also believe I have eyes to see and ears to hear to decode, decipher and deconstruct what is the authentic message in it. And I have a choice. What, where do I want to align myself? What do I want to yoke with? And I, I personally am a devotee of Jesus himself, uh, or as you would say, Yeshua, um, and so with that, um, I follow the yoga of him, the love, the bhakti. I'm here to serve and love people. I don't, I'm not here to argue, like I'm, but I am here to help reveal what I believe has been revealed to me. Um, and so I think that's, you know, very, very, very good to remember as we go through this. There's some people that reveal this message that just try to like, you know, put it out there. Um, and it's kind of a fire and brimstone approach, but I want to make sure that I approach this and that you guys feel and see my authenticity that I don't think that I'm the smartest person in the world. I just think that I got down, um, to my wits end and finally said, I'm done. I'm done. Like I, I just, I, I cannot, I cannot keep having these questions and moving forward without pulling it all apart, put all the pieces out on the table and then you realize, oh, there's more pieces over here that so-and-so put out. Oh, this culture has these pieces. Oh, this faith has these pieces. Oh, this understanding has that. Then you realize that there's colors of the rainbow out there that you've never seen before that make a heck of a lot prettier puzzle when you start putting them together. And that's what I want for this whole community to do. Because this isn't just about what Cub teaches you on here. This is about what you have revelation into personally. And in the new course, Charisma Light Warrior Academy, um, I go deep in this brand new section that I've put in there. Um, and it's all about data and metaphysics. How do you take data and then re-encode that data, not just in your brain, but literally within the quantum field around you um, and the energies within you? How do you practice all these yogas, the yoga of the mind, uh, your thoughts, your actions, your emotions, and then build literal spiritual energies that are intelligent around you to propel you forward and help you through life as a light warrior. Because we've got a lot of light workers out there, but you guys are sitting on the sidelines going, 
Yeah, I'm going to meditate today. I want to help the collective. Where's your course? Where's your merch? Where's your videos? Where's your podcast? That's what I'm asking for the light workers out there. Let's do the work. I have zero issue with you monetizing. In fact, I think you have to if you're going to continue to exist and help people in the construct. You've got to play play the game, but you're going to do it on a much higher level. And that's exactly what I'm here to help you guys with. So if you guys are interested in that, Charisma Light Warrior Academy is where it is at. We've had a bunch of people join. Everybody's loving it so far. And the videos I'm putting in that are not things that you're seeing me do publicly out here. So go check it out. I love you guys. Thank you. What's up, Truth That Travels? Melissa's here. Uh, love that you're focusing on this. Uh, going to do the same in my content. You guys go check out Melissa, Truth That Travels. Uh, she's in our mythos. She's one of our awesome sisters in our group. Um, and again, somebody that's practicing it. She's a light worker stepping into warrior status right here. Okay. This is not a flesh battle that we have. This is a spiritual battle. Um, and this isn't an us against them conspiracy theory thing either. This is like, Hey, we're here. Like you see people hurting, you go and help. That's the thing. Cause their pain is your pain, right? Um, anyway, what's important is this message. Tyler says, yes, absolutely. Uh, the names are not important. So, uh, so yeah, that, that's important too. Like, you know, I mean, names are representative, like etymology is representative of the concept, but that's been so misconstrued, especially in our modern culture and in the English language, uh, that again, we have, we have to go back to context clues. You can break apart words all day long and yes, there's clues in there, but you can literally look at the characteristics and go, that person's a jerk. That person's kind. Like, that's what I look at. That That's what I look at. And if you have an egotistical, alcoholic uncle of a god in certain texts and books and, and even traditions and from certain sermons and pulpits and, you know, and that's what you're teaching and that's what you're learning, you're going to end up with a lot of dualism in your life, a lot of self-loathing, a lot of substance abuse, alcoholism, um, addictions, you're going to treat yourself and others like crap, even though you think you're just living the struggle, you know, oh, life's a struggle, just serving God here, you know, trying to be a good believer. That's the culture I come from, guys. I live in West Texas, and, and I've got, you know, everyone you meet here has the same good old boy mentality, and it's nothing against that, by the way. Like, I've learned to understand where that comes from, and it comes from the fact that all of the churches around our area are all teaching Jesus as the son of Yahweh. And that is so detrimental, in my opinion, to the higher spiritual understanding, that esoteric side of the coin. Um, so uh, let's get into uh, Leviticus 16. Yahweh spoke to Moses after the death of the two sons of Aaron, and they came near before Yahweh and died. And Yahweh said to Moses, tell Aaron, your brother, not to come at just any time to the most holy place within the veil. Before the mercy seat, which is on the ark, lest he die, for I will appear in a cloud on the mercy seat. Aaron shall come into the sanctuary with a young bull for a sin offering and a ram for a burnt offering. Then we flash forward to Hebrews 7. For this, Melchizedek, king of Salem, priest of God most high, who met Abraham returning from the slaughter of the kings and blessed him. 
to whom also Abraham divided a tenth part of all, being first, by interpretation, the king of righteousness, and then also king of Salem, which means king of peace. So Melchizedek and Jesus are literally tied together, together, prince of peace, king of peace. Um, and we know that Jesus is a uh, priest, a high priest in the order of Melchizedek. Um, without father, without mother, without genealogy, having neither being, uh, beginning of days nor end of life, but made like the Son of God, remains a priest continually. Um, and so, you know, there's a lot there. We could deconstruct that verse all day long, but um, a lot there. So just think about that. Even in, you know, like I'm watching, um, uh, we just watched all the Harry Potter movies. You know, they talk about that so-and-so was of the order of dot, dot, dot. That's a term for magic, for magicians, for schools of uh, mystery, the ancient schools of mystery, like uh, to be of the order of. These are these are things that like we we hear them in church and we don't understand what they mean. And the pastor doesn't even understand what they mean because the pastor studies the theological implications of how all of that ties together from the point of view of the denomination, by the way. And then they regurgitate that and they have revelations and thoughts on that because that's the energy. And I talk in, our, in the charisma course about creating spirit energy around yourself, intelligent spirit energy that speaks to you. Um, and literally we look at things like, you know, uh, testing the spirits in the Bible. Even Paul talked about that. Um, and you guys know I have my issues with, with Paul. Some of the things he says I think are very interesting, but I think a lot of the documents that, that he wrote were kind of, you know, maybe molded into more of a Roman view. Um, and that's just my opinion, but, um, but he talks about testing spirits. Um, and I believe that as I've just studied things like alchemy and, and the ancient mystery schools, there's a tradition, uh, I think it's in the Rosicrucian tradition where you're manifesting actual intelligent entities or spirits around you. And we know just from like quantum physics that we, you know, that the little bit that I get to study and I'm not a scientist, this is not scientific advice. Uh, but we know that like, you know, energy has intelligence and like it does different things by being observed. Right. So when you're doing the, your yogas, your thoughts, your actions, your emotions, you're manipulating and creating energies that are intelligent and speak back to you. What's up, David M. How are you doing, my brother? Uh, I'm in Amarillo, Texas. Uh, M A M A R I L L O. The little top hat on Texas, we're like two hours from Lubbock, six hours from Dallas. Dallas is way downstate from us. But, yeah, we're at the very top, like between New Mexico, Colorado, and Oklahoma. So, um, anyway, thanks for being here, David. Appreciate you. Uh, Jay says, I agree. I have issues with Paul, too. Reading his letters requires great discernment. Very, very good, yes. I'm not saying throw him out completely. Like, that's not my my thing. I think there's some deep esoteric things in them. But I also think there were maybe potentially liberties taken. Um, I think that the words of Jesus are purely, mostly true and um, have not been touched or manipulated. Maybe some things have been lost in translation, but I don't think anything. I think there is like a spiritual thing on that where they have not been manipulated. Like, again, uh, maybe watered down a little with all the context around them. But then you can recover a lot of that power within the Gnostic texts. Um, 
Lily says way more believable. Absolutely. Absolutely. So uh, the book is written uh, by Constantine. So not everyone is holy and true. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Go look into Constantine. And, um, you know, if, if you're a historian at all, I look at enough at the history to try to understand where the belief systems are coming from. Uh, my wife is way better at remembering all that history than I am. Um, I was the, the guy in history that would just sit there and doodle and, and draw art. So, uh, can I explain Acts five verse 30 when I get a chance? Let me look that up, David. Um, good question. Uh, I assume it's a good question. Let's see. Acts five, uh, 30. Okay. Let's look it up. Uh, Acts was another book I have issues with. I mean, you talk about like literally the perfect book for building a construct of control and a church system of control. It's just full of it in Acts. And uh, so I struggle with that one. Um, again, not because there's not good things in it, but um, uh, let's see. Uh, Acts says the God of our fathers raised up Jesus, whom you killed, hanging him on a tree. Um, let's look at context of that. I always like to read around it, try to understand what's going on. Uh, let's see. But Peter and the apostles answered, we must obey God rather than men. The God of our fathers raised up Jesus, whom you killed, hanging him on a tree. God exalted him with his right hand to be prince uh, and savior to give repentance to Israel. Remember, Israel is Isis, Ra, and El, um, and remission of sins. So right away, Israel is like going back to the gods, and we want to argue all the time that, you know, I get a uh, uh, hundred comments a day. There's one God, there's one God. I'm like, there's a whole lot of gods. There's a whole lot of gods. There's only one source, okay? You know, you, you got to get your understanding right before you start telling people what's up. So, um but anyway, so um, I'm not sure what the question is, David, but um, everyone thinks he was crucified. Um, let's see. Yeah, hanging him on a tree. Uh, very good question. Very good question. You know, that sounds more like the actual, you know, hanging him from a tree type thing. Um, more like what we think Judas did to himself. Uh, so that's a really good question. Um, and we have to remember too, that like, even after the time of Jesus, like acts was not written, you know, when Jesus was alive, it's written, I don't even know how long after it, but I know it's not, I know it's uh, most of the things that we have in the Bible or that talk about Jesus were not written near the time of Jesus. In fact, the ones that were written near the time of Jesus about like, I think 60 years after his death, um, are things like the Gospel of Thomas, which is considered heretical. So, um, but for me, I go maybe they knew more about him and what he actually stood for and said than. So, I mean, that's a great question, and that's another good point that there's so many discrepancies in the Bible. There's so many things that don't line up, but there are things that line up too. And I've seen that graph where you know there's a million different connections in the Bible. Um, and that's, that's great that there's connections, but you know, we can make connections all day long. But again, if we're not looking at the spirit, the essence, the authenticity, and ultimately the character of the characters within it, then I think we're missing the point. And that's why, 
you know, my holy Jesus is Lucifer theory makes a whole lot more sense when you realize he's speaking out against the God of the Old Testament um, and just kind of reminding people that like, I'm bringing you a new covenant. And by the way, this is new wine. Preserve the old tradition. And that's what I love about that too. He's like saying like, no, let's preserve them both, but put this one in a new wine skin. And, and that's all I'm trying to do here. I don't want you to quit going to church or synagogue or anything like that. But maybe just get some new wine. Maybe get a new wineskin. Put it over here. Meditate on it. Practice it. See which serves you the best. Um, and I think that, um, you know, I think that's where my message ultimately comes from every single day that I do this. So, uh, Milton says, am I open to being wrong? Uh, man, I wouldn't even be here if I wasn't open to being wrong. Um, I've been wrong my whole life and thank God Jesus didn't call right people he called sinners to repentance and what is sin other than being out of vibration with the source of creation within you you correct that vibration through your spiritual practices your yogas your higher consciousness your meditation um, and service bhakti yoga to others service yoking yourself to love that's a whole different level guys then then you quit arguing about this stuff then you don't then you look at the the things that god did in the old testament you go yeah that ain't that ain't who i serve that's that's not who i experience when i meditate that's not the love i experience like that's not who jesus was talking about like you just get it um and and you know and and people won't get it but again i i used to see and ears to hear so yeah i'm open to being wrong uh and by the way go watch uh videos i did six months ago on this I've got things that I said in there that I don't agree with now. Um, and I will in six months have an, another update to this video. Things that I probably have gained more understanding on or realized weren't important or I have new data sets. Um, I'm telling you guys, I'm not here to be right. I'm not saying I'm right, but I promise you I'll show up here authentically and I will make sure that by the time this episode is over, you ask better questions. That's the whole point of what I do faith, spirituality, and the paranormal. I love you guys. I hope you have an awesome, awesome evening. Thank you very much. Uh, One Leg says Jesus wasn't even his name. Uh, yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Um, I mean, we've got, uh, you know, there's uh, Yeshua, Isa, uh, or um, Iesus, like it, depending on in Latin. There's the Muslim tradition of it. There's the Hebrew tradition of it. Uh, the Western tradition is Jesus. Again, it's all a name. It's a name. It's a name. It's a name. You can call me whatever you want. If you address me, I will talk back to you, right? Like, uh, you can call me, hey, hey, dummy, and I'll still talk to you. You can uh, call me, hey, four eyes here, and I'll still talk to you. You can call me Jacob. You can call me Cub. You can call me Jacob Cub. You can call me Jacob Thomas. You can call me uh, Jake. You know, again, I've been called worse. I've been called better, right? So, I really don't think that Jesus um, or, you know, whatever he went by, uh, I really don't think that he's worried about what you address him as. Uh, I think he's more concerned on, are you becoming the Christ? Are you becoming the Christ? If you really deconstruct his message, that's what he was actually here to reveal. Uh, Missouri Girl says, claps and hearts. Thank you, my friend. Um so uh, there was a beer commercial like that. I don't remember that, David. Um, was it on the Super Bowl? Maybe. I didn't watch the Super Bowl. So 
Missy says, never struck me as a Jake. Yeah, you know, it's weird that um, my family, like my extended family out in Iowa, whenever we go see them, they're like, oh, there's Jake, you know, and it's like, what? Who is that? Uh, but I still, you know, I still respond to it, of course. I've never gone by Jake in my life. So um, anyway, you know, that it is what it is. But uh, let's see. Okay, so great, great question, and I'll end with this. I'll end with this. Uh, Anointed Duchess says, what would be the name in vain explanation of the name if the name is wrong? So vain, think about what vanity is. Vanity is without purpose, okay, without purpose or value. Um, and so it's, it's literally if you're taking the name, which is th- if you look up the etymology of what an actual name is, it is uh, the characteristics of. So... Um, in the ancient times, they would give a name based on, uh, you know, one that rises with the sun or, uh, one that flies with the owls or whatever, especially like, you know, the tribal peoples. Um, and so that would be the characteristics of that person. The naming of that person was the characteristics. So if you were to take the characteristics of the God, the God source in vain, without purpose or authority, that's taking the name of God in vain. Um, and so that's that's a whole different understanding when you deconstruct it that way rather than, you know, often what you'll you'll hear from the pulpit is if you say, you know, G and then D, you're taking the Lord's name in vain. Well, I'm telling you right now, there's been a lot of things, even in the Old Testament, that took God's name in vain. Uh, even the God in the Old Testament um, is taking that source energy and using it uh, in a way that doesn't bless the collective, doesn't raise the consciousness of humanity and help ascension. So think about that. We can literally take the source name or characteristics of God in vain by living in vain. And I love, love, love the Gospel of Thomas where Jesus says, um, if you bring forth that which is within you, it will save you. If you do not then it will destroy you and your life will be in vain. Now think about that. That's talking about the ultimate taking the name of God in vain, the characteristics of him within you, him, it, they, the the eternal one, the ultimate one, the Brahman, the source, the universal consciousness. You're taking that without purpose. You're not bringing it forth. Because if you bring it forth, that's ultimately salvation. That'll save you. That's what Christ came to reveal, right? That we're all the Christ. That we all have that source within us. We bring it forth. It'll bless us. It'll save us. It'll bless and save others. If we don't, it's ultimately going to eat us alive, right? And our life will be in vain. And then we've got to be reincarnated and go through all this again. I don't want to. I don't want to go through it again, guys. I don't. I'd rather have the second birth here now, the spiritual birth, and ascend here now. Join the spiritual collective after I pass from this plane of existence and do the work that I'm here to do. And if I have to come back, it's a choice. And it may have been a choice this time. I don't know. I know that the work I'm doing is not something that the average person would agree to because uh, the, the, the heat that I take, the names I get called, the comments I field, uh, the problems I've had, the financial um, sacrifices I've had to make, 
is most people would look at that and go, oh, yeah, I don't want that. I don't want that. No, I'll, I'll keep my job over here. I'll keep going to church on Sunday and make sure I get home for the football game. So I'm telling you guys, this is not an easy path. That's why it's the middle path. That's why it is the narrow path. And that's why when people adopt that saying, they don't understand the Eastern mystic tradition of the middle path, that narrow path, the path that few find. Because it's not the one path. It's all the paths that lead to the ocean. But nobody even wants to get on that path. doesn't matter where you're coming in from, north, south, east, west, mountains, jungles, rivers. All those rivers are going to the ocean, the source. And if you can find those rivers, that's that narrow path that's already carved out for you. And it's a heck of a lot easier, actually, once you find it. Many truths, one name. Or many names, one truth, excuse me. Uh, that's another Eastern mystic saying, many names, one truth. Um, and so all, all rivers lead to the ocean. Does that mean, oh, do whatever you want, whenever you want? That's not what I'm talking about. Somebody will take it literally like that. I'm talking about like some people find their enlightenment in the spiritual side of Hinduism or Buddhism or Islam or Christianity, or uh, the, the, the Gnosticism within Christianity. Uh, some people find it by being completely new age and connecting with God in nature. Some people find it um, on spiritual pilgrimages. Some people find it by pure service to others. And if you read the Bhagavad Gita, you find out that, that faith and service and all these different things uh, done out of the good within you, without expectation, that is the path. And it's very hard for people to find that. Everybody's looking for what's in it for them rather than showing up authentically. And I hope you guys feel that. Um, it's hard to do 100% of the time. I get it. We all have bills to pay. We all have a life to live, right? Uh, but at the same time, I enjoy this a whole lot more when I approach it. And I trust that it will be taken care of and grown and taken to the next level by the very source that I'm serving out of if I do it authentically. And most people never find that because they're, they're more focused on how people perceive them than how they perceive the supreme being, the Brahman, the source, the God within all. I love you guys. Robert says, I agree with you 100% of what you just said. Expectation. Yes, absolutely, my friend. Missouri says, let your light shine. Be blessed. Thank you for the truth, brother. Missy says, uh, at honeybee, uh, bee, honey magic high five and love i don't know how to read off uh emojis but they're fun to read off so tatiana says thank you so much truth that travel says uh melissa was the original priestess of the essene oh awesome uh and honey and honeybee nymph speaker of divine truth oh i get your name now melissa okay that's awesome very cool uh melanie says thank you for the message uh az says uh made in his image absolutely so uh missy says i love you cub thank you guys i love y'all y'all have a beautiful day thank you so much for being here it is a beautiful week um there's lots of stuff going on in the world guys but uh put your armor of light on guys um share it with the world i love you i love you i love you hit up my website www.cubcooker.com for all the free 
uh, and rabbit hole resources that you need. I love you guys. Talk to you later. Peace.